Hi. Hi. So, um, what's this book about? You didn't read this one either? Well, I was gonna, but I uh, accidentally read something else. What? Vogue. I hated the book, all right? I have no idea what it's about, and the writer was clearly on drugs when he wrote it. I mean, it just, it went on and on and on like it was written in a total hurry. If I handed in something like this, there's no way I'd get a good grade on it. I mean, it's boring and it's unorganized. And I only read 30 pages of it anyway. Well, that was passionate, albeit entirely misinformed. Who dares follow Miss Kelly's lucid analysis? It's required reading. With Tom and Stella. Episode 70, Finding Our Way Tangent Special. Listen to the wind, to the wind of my soul Where I'll end up, well I think only God really knows I've sat upon the setting sun But never, 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 never I never wanted water once Hello and welcome to episode 70 of Required Reading with Tom and Stella, a podcast that is brought to you by the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. This podcast is about books, literature, and every episode we take a look at one piece of literature that we have read and determine whether or not is required reading. Except for this one. (laughs) I'm Tom Pannery. Stella is not with me at the moment because I'm recording this separate of when we recorded the main part of the episode. Uh, Over the last few episodes, the two of us have done four books that involve personal journeys, many of which involve hiking. Uh, We did A Walk in the Woods by Bill Bryson, Wild by Cheryl Strayed, Off the Road by Jack Hitt, and It's What I Do by Lindsay Adario. Uh, So on the approach to episode 70, we knew that this particular 10th episode was going to be special. We decided to tie it thematically into what we've been doing with those books. So what Stella and I did is back in late August of 2022, got together, drove about, oh, a half hour, 45 minutes west of where we live in Charlottesville to Skyline Drive, which is uh, the interior of the road that runs through Shenandoah National Park. We found a trail near the Loft loft Mountain Trail, near the Loft Mountain Wayside and Campground, uh, parked at the Wayside parking lot and hiked uh, up the trail and picked up the Appalachian Trail for a little while and hiked back down in essentially like a two and a half mile loop. There were, uh, and we had, we had some great sights and some uh, great conversations. We have like two particular segments that I'm going to share with you here. So the first one is a little bit of live footage of us on the hike. Uh, you know, we hiked up, the trail itself was essentially like up the mountain, 
leveling off and then back down the mountain for those two and a half miles. And we, we hiked up and came to one of what was kind of two rock outcroppings that gave us beautiful views of the Shenandoah Valley and the Shenandoah area. So uh, this particular first one was right at the top of Loth Mountain and we got to look out on Charlottesville or the Charlottesville area, Crozet, et cetera, in the western part of Albemarle County and Nelson County. And then uh, the second one looked the other way toward the Shenandoah Valley. So this is just a few minutes of us taking a look out and talking about hiking and having a little, uh, having a little fun with one another as we are on the trail. Yeah, there was a, <laughs> there was a segment of us walking uphill where I'm like, Am I really in the shape for this? Oh, no. <laughs> well, at least you chose a 2.5 and not like a... Oh. It, I chose a 2.5 because it's so hot today. Yeah. That, I mean, because you can tell how hot it is up here because it's there's, there's no tree cover. But it's well, probably like a good 15 yeah, degrees cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the, the goal was to get on that actual trail. So that See? We could do some live recording yes. from this trail. I can totally see why people do this. Yeah. Not that we didn't already, because we've done stuff like this before, but I can also totally see why people, and this is why, you know, I don't bring music with me mm -hmm. when I hike. Do you ever? Um, on walks like Pretty Creek, yeah. I will, uh, mm -hmm. I'll listen to an audiobook. Gotcha. But no, I mean, I think being steeped in nature and mm -hmm. having those natural sounds, that's like, you know, not yeah. to sound corny, but certainly music enough. Yeah. It's hard. The, the view is basically, well, it's like rain mountains. <laughs> no, yeah. but it is gorgeous. It's just, we, we, we're, we hiked, we're hiking the Loft Mountain Loop. So we're at the top of Loft Mountain in, in Shenandoah National Park. Um, and there's a few other trails we could have done where you're hiking to the summit of a mountain and back or around. I chose this one honestly because the wayside is right there. So there's a convenience store, bathrooms and anything if we just needed something. As opposed to, you know, having a schlep back up here, for, you know. Mm -hmm. So I chose it for the convenience. Also, there's picnic tables down there, which is where we're going to record most of the episode. But yeah, just enjoying this. Got a couple of pictures. So... Yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, not, I mean, although I can go pretty fast, but you were you were you were being very nice and slowing down. For I'm my so fat ass. <laughs> I have. I mean, I have short legs, so <laughs> I usually. I mean, my gait speed is usually mm. like really ramped up, just because that's what I'm used to. Yeah. But yeah, walking with other people, I like intentionally slow down. So. Yeah, I guess I take advantage of the fact that I'm about a foot taller than you, and yeah. I actually do have very long legs. Um, I think I'm fairly proportioned, but I have long legs and they're the few, one of the few things that has not fallen to the wayside in my COVID <laughs> out of shapiness. So I can, I actually do have a long stride, which is why, like I said, I don't like being the line leader because I can, my wife can too. So we're both like, if we got to go somewhere and we're walking, we're like, okay, we're going, you know, and Brett learns to keep up. But then you're like with your parents. Yeah. So like Disney, she and Brett are ahead. I'm in the middle. Her parents are behind, uh, and it, that's what how it always yeah. is. Like I'm in the middle just to make sure that they can see me because I'm the tallest of all of us. So might be time to invest in a yeah. wrist leash. For your parents. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Yeah, so this is, and we're, we're facing east, so Charlottesville is somewhere in the haze back there. So I think that's like old Albemarle, like Crozet and, mm-hmm. and stuff, which is kind of nice. Because you ever, you ever, you've been to Carter Mountain, right? Yes. Yep. It's a gorgeous view, but it's all city because yeah. you see all of Charlottesville. This is even nicer because it's just, it's far. It reminds me of those shots of like Rick Steves in like the Black Forest or the Alps. And, he's, yeah. and you see all those little mountain towns yeah. tucked in. Yeah. So that's my, that's my bucket trail, that Mont Blanc loop. Mm-hmm. He did an episode on that. It's about 100 miles and like you stay at hostels along the way. <sighs> but you are, you're hiking through like... Um, I think France, Italy, maybe it's part of Switzerland. It's kind of like a loop right around Mont Blanc. And it's, from what I what I watched on the show, it's gorgeous. That could be your memoir. That's my memoir. That could be what you write about. <laughs> yes, my trip, like it'd be your diary. That'd be really Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Well, it turned out we lucked out because we've been, the entirety of July, I swear, with thunderstorms. Yeah. Like we can actually see stuff, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, you look out and there's a couple of those smaller mountains too. I'm always fascinated by that. But you look out and it's it, there is a haze because it's it's going to be. I think the heat index is going to be the triple digits today. Lovely. So, um, and you know, and uh, here I think it's in the mid 70s, to the low 80s, and we're actually going to head back down in a minute to so we can go sit and eat and record. It. Yeah. You can hear the sound of summer right now. Yeah. Like beyond there, the horizon, it's just, it is very hazy, but it's various shades of blue. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. I'm, I'm so. feeling that novel we read by uh, Barbara Kingsolver. Yeah, definitely. It's not as, we're not as thirsty, but, <laughs> well. <laughs> Maybe literally. <laughs> literally thirsty. Let me, let me take some water here. Mm. Shag's with us in spirit, oh. by the way. Oh, yes. My find your joy sticker there on my. Go. Official water bottle that I will use for work. Next to my Telegraph Comics and my Virginia Museum of Fine Arts stickers. You can order them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was like three bucks. They have like a little shirt uh, and they have a shirt. Yeah, and, uh, I did yeah. see the shirt. Yeah. yeah, so they had a sticker, so I went with the sticker. I think, didn't his daughter design that? I think so. Yeah. It's really nice. So, all right. Are you heading out? Then we headed down the trail and sat at a picnic table at the Loft Mountain Wayside to have our lunch and discussion. Uh, this discussion surrounds those, those journey on foot books that we've read. Um, we focused a little more on other things, adaptations of movies, a couple of other books we've read in the same vein. And uh, it's a little more focused than the preamble, little ramble you just heard. But we do start talking a little bit about the Mont Blanc Trail, uh, something that I've seen through uh, watching Rick Steves on, on, on PBS and such, and some other places that we've been, and then we segue into our main conversation. So here we are talking about books, journeys, and finding our way. Well, my sister's whip more physically fit than I am, so. You could do the. Would you ever do that hundred day, hundred mile thing with her? That'd be an interesting <laughs> brother sister. I don't know. I think we'd get along. I don't think we'd kill each other. Okay. At this age. 
you could do If it was just us, I think we'd get along. I think we'd do it. Okay. If we have people with us, somebody's not making it back. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. You could co-write a memoir <laughs> with your sister. <laughs> Actually, the person I do with it was my wife. We would just train for it, though, so that we yeah. were prepared for something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, like, especially crazy arduous. Um, from what I gather, like, some of it is, like, old Roman roads. Yeah. And so there's, oh. like, some archaeological stuff yeah. to it. It really looked fascinating just from watching that. And you, you could tell I've seen that episode, like, five times because we just... Because mm -hmm. PBS is, creates running it all the time, so. Well, you pulled my leg. I'm coming with. <laughs> <laughs> you were just in the Alps. Yes. Weren't you? I was. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we've done our memoirs, of course. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to judge some of these people, but for those that didn't train, you do kind of wonder, like, oh, man, you really got yourself into something. Because that is the smarter way. Mm -hmm. If you're, I think, fit and generally, like, walk and stuff, but I don't think you can just hop off the couch and then decide you're going to do something. That's what amazes me about a walk in the woods. Yeah. And to a lesser extent, wild. Yeah. Although I got the feeling that she was in better shape than Bill Bryson was. Probably, yeah. Looking at what her picture looks like anyways, mm -hmm. yeah. But still, she wasn't prepared for Monster on yeah. the back. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's just... It is quite amazing, like, how did you... I guess you... You just did it. Mm-hmm. So. Gotta keep going. Yeah. Can't really turn back. Although, I'm not one to quit a hike. Mm-hmm. Um, because, especially if I've got, if we've, if, if it's a trail where there's a beginning, middle, and end. You know, like, if I know where there's an end. Yeah. Or, if you're on a particular hike where quitting and turning around would be just as arduous as right. finishing. finishing. Yep. So humpback rocks is kind of like that. Oh, where you're sure. like, you hit a point where you're like, well, I might as well. Yeah. I made it up this climb. That always takes people by surprise at the beginning. I took Donovan on that. Yeah, and Donovan's, uh, he pumps iron, does all that. But yeah, he was, he was having some troubles. And there's our friend a deer. <gasps> wow. We've seen like We've seen four. like four, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's another one. It was pretty cool to see that one jumping through the the forest yes. like that too. I get him in my backyard. Oh, that one has a bad way. You know. God, people are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I get like four or five of them in my backyard every fall and winter. Actually, they were in my yard because um, I pack up to woods, so. I moved into my house, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And this Saturday morning, so I'm up before everybody else. By uh, choice? I can't, like, I'll hit a point where I'm like, I might as well get up. So, um, on the weekdays, it's by choice. Yeah. But I got up, I'm looking, I look out the window at one point, and there's two deer in the yard. And usually in the winter, I'll see like four or five. You so. throw them some apples. Um, sometimes I will, sometimes I'll chuck, like, cores and things like that back there, you know, so, they're not really bothering anybody, to be completely honest, 
they tend they I don't I rarely if ever see them in the actual street mm. where I am. Yeah, I was reading the two the book that I didn't choose that I had read, and then I didn't choose it for two reasons. At first, I was like, I don't know if I can get a discussion out of this. Mm-hmm. And the other reason was, but I hit the end of the book and I realized it was part one of two. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was called. And then I'm like, well, and the episode of Pop Culture Affidavit that will come out with this episode. Okay. Like, within a week of this episode yeah. is going to be about those two books anyway. Okay. So I decided, you know, because uh, it's called, it's by Peter Jenkins. It's called A Walk Across America. Mm-hmm. And back in 1973, he decided, um, his marriage, he was like 22. He got married really early. His marriage was falling apart. He got divorced. He was living in, like, upstate New York college town, and he decided, I am going to walk across the country. Like, so he got monster, you know, sure. basically. Yep. And he had a dog with him. And he walked down. And they were walking on highways and roads and mm-hmm. not necessarily trails. Mm-hmm. And then he'd stop for, like, weeks at a time and find work. And then continue from there. Um, and the first book ha- hits when he, it ends when he arrives in, like, I think it's New Orleans. And he meets a woman, they actually get married, and then she finishes the trek with him. Oh. Um, the second book is called The Walk West, so it's basically all the way out to Oregon. And now I'm like, and I'm, I was reading them, and I was like, it's fascinating. It's really interesting because it, because, like, he has this, like, He's hiking through Louisiana and was going to meet up with a friend to go to some parties and decides to go to, like, a tent revival, and all of a sudden he's, like, saved, and there's a whole discussion. Mm. His wife, like, was at a seminary, and she leaves to go with him. There's a whole discussion of that in there. So it is a fascinating couple of books. Mm-hmm. Um, what time period? 73 through 79. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's really fascinating. It's, well, it's one of those things where it's, like, the writing is very, he was, he, the writing is very travel logging. So like, it's, you know, this is like where we were, this is what we did, and this is who we were with. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes like his style is very matter of fact, whereas like Bryson or Cheryl Strait like had a lot more of a wit about mm-hmm. them. So that's where I was like, I don't know how much discussion I can get out of this. But then I was like, well, with, I said, I was thinking, well, if I did both books, I probably could say that's why I decided I'm just going to cover it in my own yeah. show. Um, but I bring it up. Partially because we're doing this. Sure. But also, he talks about how he trained. Okay. So he literally would walk and run so many miles a day and yeah. in prep for it. How many miles was he averaging? Um, you know what? I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. Um, I have to look that up. Because walking on a road is different, obviously, mm-hmm. than uh, a trail. So mm-hmm. I wonder if he was maybe doubling or... He might be. Going a bit farther, yeah. Sounds interesting, especially because I feel like some of these give us a picture of what America was like at a certain period of time. Like, they're very much time capsule mm-hmm. works. 
because could you do that now where you stop at a town and find work for a little bit or are we just so suspicious now as Americans with like migrant people and immigrants mm -hmm. that we be like who's this outsider we don't trust that person no it's a good question because um I wondered that too and there were a couple of times where he was in towns like in the south for instance and people were like you damn Yankee. Oh my God. And chased him off. Which is weird because Southerners are well known, well known for their Southern hospitality. That's true. But yeah, you kind of wonder where yeah. is it actually? Well, and he would find families to stay with. Um, and it was, it was interesting because he stayed with a black family in North Carolina for a little while. That was fascinating. Um, it doesn't, This is like the Frappuccino machine at Starbucks. It is. The fun of recording outdoors. Yeah. It's probably the one, it's probably one of the parts of the book that doesn't hold us as well as um, it did in 1973 mm -hmm. because of the way like he stays with them so long and kind of becomes part of the family. So oh. <laughs> it was like, well, I didn't see them as black and um. kind of like, we'll throw around the N-word a couple of times oh, in a way that's like, you know, yeah, and you're just kind of like, you're, you, you kind of wonder, you're like, did this fly in 1973, 74 when you were doing this? Um, you know, but then he, and he leaves. And you know, there are other times though that are like really fascinating, especially the second book, because in the second book, his wife co-wrote it with him. Okay. Although... I read interviews with her, or listened to an interview with her. Um, I was like, I'm curious as to like, where are these people now? Um, and she said that she actually wrote both books with him, but she gave him credit for the first one because it was all his trip and not hers. Mm -hmm. um, which he ended up making more money. Uh, well, hopefully, since they're married, they share. Well, they divorced in the 80s. Oh, no. That's fun. You know. Her, their son is a writer as well. So I read one of his books, which was pretty interesting. So. Corgi. Objectify, Corgi. objectify. Oh, my gosh. Corgi. Look at how fuzzy that bottom is. I know. See, it's not just me. Donovan said that's deviant behavior to no. objectify animals. But look at that. So Look at it! <laughs> that badonka donk. Ah. Yeah, so yeah. now we have ourselves on tape. There you go. Um, true confessions. Yeah, I had Googled, I mean, once we got to, I guess after mine, after a while, I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. we're continuing this. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I saw John, Stein, John Steinbeck had done some sort of travel, mm -hmm. and I really like him as an author. But I was trying to stick with the female one. And the other one that I chose wasn't even... It's applauded, but I did not like it. And I can't even remember the title or the author. But it was something, 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 independent woman. Huh. And so I was like, oh, this could be good. I, she was divorced. Her son, or at least her children, were grown. And I think, like, off to college. So she wanted something of, like, 
this is who I am now, being this independent woman and going off in Europe. But then she meets a man, and I was like, where's the premise of the independent woman is, like, going? Because she's, like, thinking about this guy. So I was just, I was more disappointed, I guess. But I sometimes am harder on women. But then I found, obviously, Lindsay Adario's and took a chance on that. I thought, wow, this is really powerful. So, I but, thought, yeah. Yeah, I thought Lindsay Adario's thing, because she meets a couple of guys in that. Yeah. But it, it seems so... Um, like she's so acknowledged, she acknowledges so well how her career, yeah, that that specific career messes with relationships, yeah, you know. And her premise wasn't to be an independent woman, mm-hmm. whereas the other one was. So that's yeah. why I felt a bit let down. But yeah, yeah, it's been interesting, you know, as a whole looking at these all these journeys you know different locales different Mm -hmm. personalities and everything and yeah yeah i i guess the only thing i I, if i'm thinking about like where i was looking for books and i ended up choosing the the book that we did um off the road which i said was more and i just re-listened to that episode after it dropped and i think i still hold that what we both said that the history and the trail and of the trail. Yeah. The, the the spirituality behind it. A lot of the things about the trail were way more gripping and interesting than him mm-hmm. and and the, and the narration. Yeah. So, uh, but I looked at stuff and it was it's kind of a bummer that like this is where this is where your local library fails you because they're not easy to come by sometimes no. some of the books. Mm-hmm. So. Got to do your interlibrary loan. Interlibrary loan, or or suck it up and buy something. Yeah. And, you know. So. Yep. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which is interesting because Bill Bryson, I think, had even um, personality and history of the trail. Mm-hmm. Like those are pretty even. Cheryl, I think it was more personality, and like there was only a smidgen, smidgen of stuff, and then maybe Lindsay was also kind of half and half. And then Jack went the other way. So we were kind of looking at both sides and equally of, yeah, learning about. I wonder if it's because, um, I know Jack hit, was a journalist already or a magazine writer already, but Bryson and, um, he was young. Bryson and Adaria were older Mm -hmm. and established writers. Yeah. Or in the journalism sort of vein. Yeah. So, the, um, so I think maybe they, they knew how to balance that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their editors said either. Yeah. I'm staring at the Corgi again. Oh, see everyone? Mm-hmm. Tom also objectifies the rear ends of Corgis. I mean... You should... <laughs> my Instagram algorithm is... <laughs> All of these My suggested reels. reels are of like corkies and like husky puppies. Yeah. Which are oh, basically yeah. big balls of fluff. Yep. No. Interesting. Before they start howling. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, the Steinbeck, uh, the, the travel book I read by Steinbeck was Travels with Charlie. <gasps> that's what, yeah, yeah that's what it was with his, his road, dog, right? It's his yeah. Road, it's, a, it's a driving road trip. Yeah. I would, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I was twice. thinking about it because everything that he's read, even though a lot of it is really depressing, I really love. Like, he mm-hmm. might be at the top of my list of favorite authors. So I thought, oh, this could be interesting. 
but yeah, didn't do it. I mean, if we had more time, it's also hard because you have mm-hmm. to sit down and read these books, and then if you're reading too many of them, you start to forget mm-hmm. what you know what yeah. them, what they're about, and then now you got to pull it back. Because I had trouble. I read Lindsay Adaria's like a month before we recorded. I'm like, I'm trying to remember, but that's hard because I guess you'd have to reread. <laughs> but at least it gives us, I, this was a fun little adventure because it gives us other ideas for, you know, books that we might be interested in yeah. checking out. So yeah, I would. The Tuscan Sun, maybe. Eat, Pray, Love, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember anything about Under the Tuscan Sun except that it was a movie starring Diane Lane back yeah. in the early 2000s. Yeah. <clears throat> which I never saw. I just remember her the poster with her because it was on, like, bus stop (laughs) and subway station things and I remember seeing it every day for my commute I remember Eat Pray uh, so many people read Eat Pray Love yeah Um, I've heard like mixed things about it yeah I think I've heard good things about the book but bad things about the movie I was more interested in the book than the movie I don't think I was you know I don't think I would have seen the movie yeah Julie Roberts it is weird when they move movies out of those things. I have still have not watched um, Wild. I oh. have no intention of watching A Walk in the Woods. I've heard bad things. Yeah, about I haven't that. heard very. Yeah. The reviews all look terrible. The yeah, one scene I pulled for our episode, I pulled a little bit of dialogue where he's in the Eastern Mountain Sports Store, mm-hmm. mainly because Nick Offerman's the guy who sells him all oh. the gear. So. Oh, and trying to like, hey, you really want this. <clears throat> yeah, you yeah. want this. And, and there's a scene where he's like, you know, you, you're going to use this um, for, for, uh, for, you know, picking up your feces. And, and oh, yeah. Robert Redford goes like, shit. <gasps> Corgi. Look at the little, oh. So there, there, I use that, but otherwise I'm like, nah, I don't really need to see the, yeah. see the thing. Um, Wild, I might be interested in watching. I have still haven't watched that. Yeah, so. that's good. Yeah. I would recommend that. In the in the off the road episode, I said that I would recommend. I still would recommend the way, which was that Martin Sheen movie, that they grabbed some of the stories that Jack Hit had in the story okay. to, to adapt. Yeah. Um, because it's way more of a, it's not an adaptation of the book. They just kind of picked and, you know, cherry picked some things from there. Okay. And it's a really good story about, um, like a father, he's grieving for his son the whole way. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, and it's, and his son and him had been kind of on a strained relationship anyway. He was like, you know, he had dropped his son off at the airport, um, to go to go to Spain or France or wherever he was flying to and he was just kind of like what the hell are you doing with your life right and then he gets a call he's like on the golf course with his doctor buddies and he gets the call that his son has died so the bulk of the movie is him hiking with these couple of you know this one woman and there's this other guy and like you know they're kind of and, and they're they're way more um likable than any of the character the people that you meet in, in yeah, Jack Hits book. I can't believe it. <laughs> Which is why that's why I said like I saw oh this book inspired that movie and I really and I liked that movie. It was mm-hmm. just this movie I came across at random. So I would I would recommend if you can find it. I don't yeah. have a copy of it to loan. Yeah. Fortunately I okay. streamed it years yeah, ago. Yeah so. Amazon. And isn't that about that young man who what is that called? In the wild? That young mm. man who gets Into the Wild. Yeah. John Krakauer's book about yeah, uh, yeah he, isn't that also traveling? It, it is. It's it's more of a... So, 
it begins with him basically dead because he died out there. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that he was he was essentially like a trust fund kid who was very smart and he he had he decided to just like I'm gonna give up everything that I have, donated a bunch of the money that he had that was setting him up after college mm-hmm. to like Oxfam or something. And or Amphor or whatever. And um just kind of it didn't walk across the country, just kind of like traveled, hitchhiked and stuff like that until he finally got into the Alaskan wilderness and was was basically like, I'm gonna live off well, I'm gonna live off the land and mm-hmm. everything. And the um the hypothesis is that he um ate he died of some sort of acute food poisoning because uh, he ate something like that. He, he misjudged some sort of seed or berry mm. and, and died. Um, people aren't like a hundred percent sure of how, but he essentially died of starvation okay. or dehydration basically. And, uh, and he was, wasn't found for like a while later. He was living out of a, out of an abandoned bus okay. that was up there in like near like Denali national park. Mm. So it's a very fascinating book. Um, that um, my students have all read because it gets assigned to them in like 11th grade, I think. And and I used to do it as summer reading when I taught Mm 10. And whenever I taught it and whenever I talked to students about it, a lot of them agree with me that like it's his his recount of and his, and what he's trying to do as a journalist, um, the writer, John Krakauer, He's trying to figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. So he's retracing this guy's steps. He's going and interviewing his family and he's finding out about who he was and then how he got to this point and everything. So the kind of mystery surrounding him and like, and how that unravels, um, nowadays it would have been a podcast, Mm. uh, is really fascinating. By Brian Reed? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, Mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, it would have been, it, it was, it's fascinating. There are, but there's where where the author recounts some of his own journeys when he was younger, hiking this mountain or whatever. It's interesting, but it kind of takes you out of it Mm -hmm. a little bit. And and my students are always like, yeah, he didn't transition in and out of that very, very well. So as as interesting as it was, I wanted him to get back to the point of the story. I mentioned that too. I'm trying to think of other ones that I saw. But then you wonder, like, you know, how, how many of them, when you... Because there are there seem to be a ton of these sort of, like, I hiked this trail memoir. Mm-hmm. How many of them are good? Yeah. And how many of them are just generic? Yeah. That sounds so pretentious. How dare you? I'm, yeah. Guy who wrote Extremely Loud, Incredibly Close. <laughs> no, that's not... <laughs> <it was> just, <laughs> uh, but I know, as we were saying up on the, up on the mountain... I can totally see why people decide to to do this. I can totally see why people decide, like, I'm going to peace out and, like, do this for six months. Mm-hmm. Wish I had the time. Yeah. When you retire. <laughs> no, it is nice to be away because you are away from everything. So even though your mind is still turned on and, you know, you might have to wrestle with things, the worldly distractions are away from you which is really peaceful and nice so I think you can if you need to wrestle with something you can be alone with that and not have all these distractions like technology and other people and stuff do you think there if you're going to do a 
a hike. And then we did something very, very short today because we were out there for, what, an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and for good reason. You know, we, you, know I, you have way more stamina than I do. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, you're welcome. But also... <laughs> Tom said I intimidated him with my physical... <laughs> Stella is way more athletic than I am. And, I, and I'm not, like, a total slob. I, I'm fairly... I can, I can hold my own, but, like, man. Um, but it's also... The forecast is, is to be, like... In yeah. the 80s into the 90s, yeah. at least in Charlottesville. With 95% humidity. Yeah, like the humidity, the heat index yeah. is going to be triple digits. So we were like, let's get out here and do a hike. And then, you know, that way we're not, um, you know. My, my wife was worried. This She's like, I'm worried about you. Make sure you bring plenty of water. I was like, I've got my giant water bottle. Yeah. And we deliberately hiked under tree cover. And actually, we're up in the mountains. So it is a lot cooler up here than mm-hmm. it would have been, than it's going to be once we get home. Um, but if you're doing a long thing, mm-hmm. I guess your, your motivations would differ. I think there are people who do the Appalachian Trail just because they want to do it. Yeah. But then there are people who are looking for something. Is there a more valid reason to do this than another? I mean. No, no, I think doing it is great. I think anyone who decides to embark on a journey, I mean props to them Mm -hmm. and I think perhaps by the end of it even the people who just want to do it will come up with a reason unlike Jack Hitt who was looking he was on it in order to figure out why he was on it but I think by the end yeah you'll probably do something and even saying hey I'm just going to do it you have a purpose there like you Mm -hmm. see this challenge that you want to overcome and so I think that's that's big as well I think that there's a lot of self-improvement I mean it could be emotional or mental or physical self-improvement as well so I don't think so Mm -hmm. yeah there was a I felt that Bill Bryson's motivation was a sort of I'm going to do this for the challenge of Mm -hmm. trying to do it and learning and learning so much about it there was an innate curiosity to him Mm -hmm. um and I, I think the other thing is that you want to do something like this. And even if you were going to do a shorter version Mm -hmm. of something like the Appalachian trail, let's say you wanted to hike just the trail through Nation. Listeners, Tom is pulling out a map. It's really nicely creased. And I just want to say that he has a file at home with all the maps that he's accumulated. I, I have, well, I (laughs) I still have a bunch that I still use. I did not, um, I haven't, I threw, I, I, I took photographs and offloaded a bunch of others that I knew I was never going to use, mainly because um, I was trying to get rid of some stuff. Well, Skyline Drive runs 105 miles, so mm-hmm. it's probably between 100 and 150 miles worth of the Appalachian Trail in sure. here, depending on yeah, whatever. Just if you were just going to do that, I could imagine that you would have a reason. Yeah. You know, but I think if you go into it and... It's almost like you don't, <clears throat> it's, it's a paradox. Like you, sometimes you go into these things looking for, to, for something, mm-hmm. y- even if it is, but, but you might not come out with any insight, right? Mm-hmm. You might just come out with, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. It was a challenge, I, the sense of accomplishment. So, but I don't think you should feel let down mm-hmm. if you don't have some sort of, um, life altering yeah. insight or something mm-hmm. um do we put too much pressure on our you see, i think we put too much pressure on ourselves for things like this because they're so rare 
Yeah, and, and we are in a unique situation because, of course, we read four books mm-hmm. where people are going on these journeys and we're psychoanalyzing, you know, them as well. So yeah. are we, yeah, doing the same thing that they did? Uh, and even you and I, like, when we came up with this idea, we were just really going to go literally on a walk in the woods, but we ended up having some deep conversations. Yeah. So, yeah. and that was, you know, nothing really was planned with that. So we were just chatting uh, as friends. So, you know, and I think we both learned something about each other. So mm-hmm. that was inadvertent. Yeah. 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 Which is, which is good. And, um... No, none of which we'll really talk about here. No, we will but, not. No. It's all off um, air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... But, yeah, and, um... And it's interesting, when, like, when you go to do it alone, because I've done this alone before, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to do like crazy dangerous stuff alone anyway because then if something actually does happen and nobody's around like because we didn't see a solitary person no we did not on the path we saw one deer we saw one deer Um, we're sitting at a way we're sitting at a picnic table by the wayside station yeah (laughs) and Shenandoah so we we have seen several people and a corgi and a corgi and so um, but I, we did, um, Brett and I did uh, Dark Hollow Falls back in April, and so that was down to the falls and back, and we came across people who were um, all kicked out, kitted out for gear, like, so they had mm-hmm. been hiking through something, mm-hmm. and we, there were a lot of families and stuff, so there were, there are parts of these parks where you'll come across a lot of people, but you do get a lot of solitary stuff. I tend to think of, and I have to reread this, and I might do this this fall. I tend to think of like Henry David Thoreau and oh, Walden, sure. yeah. which I haven't read in full since college, mm. I think. Um, and I remember making the snarky joke here and there that like, congratulations, you bought peas. Because he did, you would catalog what he bought and grew yeah. and everything. And just like, Because oh, it does, I remember getting tedious, but I do remember him and, 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 and learning. And then when I was teaching American Lit, gosh almost 20 years ago mm-hmm. I, was, I taught 11th grade 16 years ago um, doing transcendentalism mm. and that whole idea that because <clears throat> he was like he he wasn't particularly religious in his approach to things it was more secular but it was spiritual mm-hmm. in a sense so mm-hmm. you were kind of that sort of that idea of communing with nature and that's what I tend to think about even when I'm going out on a short hike mm-hmm. Um, even through, maybe not all the way up here, but in Ivy Creek or Pretty Creek yeah. or, you know, maybe not on the trails of my housing development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's more of, I just want to get out of the house for a little while. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And we're, I think we need to do that more and more. Not only get out of the house, yeah. but be with nature, commune with nature, whatever you want to call it. Because, I mean... Our, you know, our earth is, is suffering with, mm-hmm. with stuff that's going down. And, you know, we were even looking out at a, at a viewpoint. And I thought, oh, no, is that mountain a bit bald? You know, so yeah. we're losing it. And so I think just having it when we have it and not take it for granted is huge as well. Yeah, we, we're, we're in an area where there's a couple of mountains near us that are, are way lower than they used to be, mainly because of development. Yeah. Um, but we're not in like parts of like West Virginia where like coal mining country where they're like literally blown mountain tops yeah. off to get to the stuff yeah. and, and that's and then this stretch this park stretches all the way to Winchester, which is 
like 70, mile, 70, 80 miles north of here. And then this keeps going all the way down into North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then I think even further south than that, and it's all protected by the National Park Service. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, there are people around these parts who live just off the grounds of the National Park Service. Um, and I and I know this from having taught a number of their grandkids in Greene County, Virginia, that are still very bitter because they were living on this land and the government kicked them off in the 30s uh, to put to because they'd zoned this for Shenandoah. So there's a lot there's still a lot of resentment among families mm. um, in there in those counties because it's like you know grandma and grandpa had a homestead or they had a and you know it, it and um, in the there's a museum up in in uh, maybe about 30 miles north of here in the visitor center that has stuff about like you know the other we this is what we did to the people there mm-hmm. and you know Appalachia has a like really weird history of a very strange relationship with the government mm-hmm. you know it's very adversarial and it also has a um, it gets stereotyped like really horribly yes which we saw didn't we see that in a walk in the woods we did okay he made a lot of he made a lot of deliverance jokes to bring it back around but it's like no and it and it's sad because when you have an area and we're in virginia so we're not in west virginia and Mm -hmm. we're not in like deep in the heart of appalachia we're kind of like where we are it's kind of the border Mm -hmm. um the easternmost border because i wouldn't consider charlottesville part of that region it's kind of yeah but i think by stereotyping of people as a sort of backwards hicks when you have problems in those communities like meth and opioids mm-hmm. they get dismissed yeah. because of the stereotypes yeah. so you know and it is it, it is it would be interesting to see if, if you were to do a through hiker you were to walk across you know the country etc how many of the stereotypes, like, if you found those those types of people, or, like, how those stereotypes get broken down and such. Yeah. I also wonder, too, what this is like, or a journey like this would be like, um, for somebody who is not white. Oh, interesting. Because we looked at two memoirs by people who were women. Yep. But they were both white. Yep. Um, Adario, I think it's like her her genealogy was Mediterranean, I believe. I so, think so, yeah. so she kind of passed for Muslim in certain parts mm-hmm. of the Middle East when she talked about that. You yeah. Know, how how she was able to kind of pass for that when it allowed her some access. But you know, they're both a little remotely white. Like, what if you're a black man or a black woman? A black person, and you want to. I don't know if the trail hiking is that much of an issue, mm-hmm. um, or it might be. But if you want to do something like I was mentioning, Peter Jenkins doing the walk across America mm-hmm. or something, or even like one of those road trip type of memoirs, like what's the perspective that you yeah. have, especially in like 2022, mm-hmm. where um, you know there are points in in Jenkins' book where he runs across law enforcement and they escort him, either willingly or unwillingly, out of town. It sounds like Rambo. Yeah. In one case, it's... it's. I know in one case, they 
they provide an escort or they say, you know, hey, you ever get into trouble, here's our number, we'll call you, we'll, we'll help you out. And mm -hmm. in another case, they're like, yeah, we're going to help you out of town because we don't want you here. Yeah. And I mean, granted, it was the 70s. Mm -hmm. And I think if he was doing that today and it was the same scenario, he'd be okay. Yeah. But um, Maybe there's a green book for hiking. That's the thing. It's like, you know, you, I was like, you have to acknowledge your privilege, I guess, as a white author. Yeah. So perhaps if you're a person of color, then you are plotting a course through towns that you know are, yeah, they're going to be safe. But I think there's probably people are going to treat you with a higher level of in, a distrust mm -hmm. than if you're white. And yeah, I think there are more levels of danger associated no, with yeah. that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're, especially if you were doing a sort of journey that did not take you through like a trail in this regard, mm -hmm. like... I would imagine that uh, you may, the type of adversity you would come across in that, you might come across if you're doing a walk in the woods type of thing, yeah. not as frequently, mm -hmm. or you might not be as um, on alert for it after a while, especially if you are just in the, in the boundaries of the yeah. park and everything, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, but if you're, you know, I'm going to walk the highways of the country or the back roads and stop in a town and stuff, I can imagine that's that's yeah. a whole different, I think it's possible, you know, I'm not saying, oh, they can't do that, but I think it's, it's a, it would be an interesting perspective to read, actually. Yeah. I'd be very fascinated as if, if there's a memoir of some sort of trip like that mm -hmm. from somebody, from the perspective of somebody who is not a white person. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Looking at our sparse sure. list of questions yeah. here. Uh, do you need to be a writer in order to properly relate such experiences? Yeah, I wondered about this because all, uh, three of our four, I guess, were writers. Yeah. But Lindsay was so affiliated with journalism yeah. that, you know, she, by, what is it, extension, she was practically a writer. Yeah. Um, I... No, I think the writing adds or helps you out because yeah. I think if you have that writer brain, you're able to put down and describe well what how you're feeling, what you're seeing, the history and things like that. Whereas, you know, people who might not be able to write, it might be hard for them to translate what they're feeling from mm -hmm. their brain to the page. So I think it helps. I don't think it necessarily tell you know would tell someone that hey you can't you're not a writer you can't do this kind of thing yeah. and there are other ways because of podcasting i mean there are other ways that you could potentially yeah. get your get your voice out there but i think it might be easier if you do have that experience yeah i also think the um <clears throat> the habitualness of being a writer mm -hmm. and or, or so, even if you're not a, a published writer, the, the journaling aspect of it becomes easier when you're used, when you have the habits yeah. of a writer. So, yeah. so a lot of them, scratching my face, mm -hmm. I'm bleeding. Um, a lot of them would journal or keep notes. Mm -hmm. So writing the book became a lot easier for them to do mm -hmm. because they were, um, because they were not, uh, because they had they had taken all these notes as opposed to having to recall everything and recollect everything when mm -hmm. they were done. Yeah. Um, and Adarius was like a memoir of her entire career. Right. So she's, she, you know, she's, she's telling this to people essentially. Right. As she's going back through, and I would imagine that um, 
looking at her photograph, she yes. can kind of describe what's going on right. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, or yeah. the accompanying articles and that sort of thing. So, so some way to yeah translate, basically yeah. from brain to whatever medium other people are are doing this over photography. Yeah. yeah. So it yeah. So photography was the way she did it. I, you know, a painter could potentially do it. There are mm-hmm. different ways. Yeah. Yeah, and because it, it's just not just the it's the and as a writer you have the very tough thing of having to describe what you're seeing, right? Which is not the easiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you are getting into themes and, and insights, whether they're spiritual, environmental, mm-hmm. religious, about health. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the more interesting or fun stuff about Wild was Cheryl Street's bodily functions. I don't know. Sure. If they, her, her, her physical, like how yeah. she physically yeah. dealt with the trail. Absolutely, yeah. You know, more than Bill Bryson, to be honest. Yeah. And that was really fascinating to yeah. me. Yeah. I, I scratched my face and I'm bleeding. So. Okay. <laughs> it's not like really bad. It's just it's just a. Uh, He'll make it. I'll be okay. Tis a flesh just, wound, as the yes, Black Knight said, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think it. If you're relating the experience, it helps that you have at least the writer's brain, yeah, or, or some aspect of it, or the creator's brain. Mm-hmm. Um. There are two characters in such a genre, the traveler and the traveled. What details need to be present for both in order to make a successful work? This sounds like a Tom question. I don't remember. Oh, maybe I did. <laughs> you might have been one of yours. Maybe it was me. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, characteristics of the traveler. Uh, the traveler, I think, needs to be open mm-hmm. and hopefully trustworthy. Yeah. I remember that whole two cups of tea controversy do you remember that i can't remember what that guy's name was but anyways it all came out that that was a lie but uh after it was on oprah's book list and everything but yeah i think open there needs to be an intimacy between the reader and the traveler because i think you just want the traveler wants the reader on their side so i mean cheryl was just so engaging right off the bat and I think Bill too for Jack Jack was not engaging for Mm -hmm. me and so immediately yeah I trust and she is so like we talked about I mean both Cheryl and Lindsay are so open with their flaws and feelings as well as their positive qualities that you're like yeah I trust this person I really appreciate that so I feel like openness is is a big thing there Um, and then yeah the traveled I think descriptions history maybe don't be moby dick level of history necessarily (laughs) but enough that it's intriguing it gives you some background as to where the person is at that point in time and then yeah yeah i guess that's that's hard to gauge like how much do you go in depth because there's so much you were just talking about some history right now so i mean to what extent yeah. Do you talk about all of that? Do you where do you cut it up? Is it only what relates to what you're doing at that very moment in time, or how you're feeling? That one's more, yeah. Yeah, and tricky. I think it has to fit. <clears throat> it's a balancing act too, because you don't want the reader to fall too far out of it. Mm-hmm. It also has to fit your voice. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you if you are pausing to give some sort of back history of, say, the Appalachian Trail, you're you still have to use the same voice that you are when you're relating your trip. Mm-hmm. Um, to a certain extent, I know that Bryson's tone shifts a little bit 
because um, I think it's necessary because he's he's informing rather than entertaining mm-hmm. a little bit. But even then, he's interjecting opinions and stuff, so you don't lose him in it. So it, it, that's a that can be that can be hard sometimes as a writer um, to 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 switch your purpose and keep your voice consistent um, and keep the reader. So that's mm-hmm. where that, and that's, I think the, the traveled is the person who's informing you of everything and then kind of bringing yeah. in things. So. Do you ever, did you feel with any of the things that we read that it was a voice that the author put on? Or do you feel like, you know, if you were to just talk to Cheryl in the wild, pun intended, would, do you think she would be as witty as that? Or do you think she knew like, hey, I'm doing this for a book. It does need to be witty. I think that, I think that her and Bill Bryson, I don't even think to an extent, all four of our authors really, mm-hmm. um, as much as we didn't like Jack Head, I think he, he's very much like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do feel like we were getting an honest voice. I think it was just a little more polished because it was in a book. Okay. So, but that's not in the writing. I think that's in the editing. Yeah. So, um, and I, but, but I, I expect, but, but I expect that sure. out of a writer. Yeah. You know? We've been talking for almost an hour. Uh, and chomping on yeah, cucumbers. Yeah, chomping on, on food. Objectifying corgis. corgis. Yeah. yeah. Um, what constitutes a successful work about travel? Is there a recipe for these types of Interesting. books? Interesting. Walking or driving, too, because we haven't gotten yeah. to the driving memoir, and maybe we'll do a, a set of those at some point down the road. Yeah, I think... Very basically, did the reader get something out of it? Did the reader learn something at the end? So I learned a great deal about the Pacific Crest Trail. And then I also learned, yeah, about grief and, you know, how various people handle grief from Cheryl. I learned so much of all the various conflicts that Lindsay Lindsay Adario dealt with. And then Bill Bright, yeah. So I think learning something is uh, great. A recipe, yeah. What do you think? I think, um, I don't, I actually wouldn't want a recipe yeah. or a formula yeah. because then I think that, that we become kind of hamstring or yeah, yeah. It becomes constrained by a certain, mm-hmm, yeah, generic. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you that you learn something. I also think you need to, if it's a personal memoir of a trip, mm-hmm. um, or even if it's something like Into the Wild, you, where the subject is a different person than the author, mm-hmm. you need to connect to that person mm-hmm. in some way. You don't have to 100% identify with them. Sometimes you don't need to necessarily be 100% sympathetic with them. They're, they're, they're allowed to let you down. Mm-hmm. Um, you're allowed to be frustrated with them because they're human. Yeah. I think showing that humanity is really important. Mm-hmm. But but having, feeling that, feeling that like, yeah, that they're they're very much like being very honest with you, and that you're connecting with them on some level. I think that's very very necessary. Mm-hmm. The the right the but that's any work of literature, right? The voice has to engage mm-hmm. the reader in some way, um, or else like, or else you do ask yourself like, why do I keep? Why do I want to continue reading this book? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and I asked the question. This is my question about it, the age of the people in the books, but or or their the their station in life or their position. 
but I don't know how valid that is. I think we do acknowledge that when you have certain adult responsibilities in the everyday, you don't mm-hmm. necessarily have the three, six months or a year that some of these people take for these trips. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean, but it's not an all or nothing proposition, which mm-hmm. is a very American thing, by the way, of the all or nothing. You got to do it all or nothing. Yeah. But like doing three miles, we did about two and a half miles, mm-hmm. doing two and a half miles over the course of an hour and just kind of enjoying yourself is, can be just on a, on a, in, in small doses because that's what you have because life and work is just a lot. Mm-hmm. It can be just as rewarding as I was able to take three months off, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not writing a memoir about this afternoon. We are recording a podcast episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you think... Bill Bryson, I guess I'll go with him. Mm-hmm. Remember that Lindsay Adario said that photojournalism is selfish? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like what he did was at all selfish? I mean, if you do have these responsibilities and you're being like, I'm going to go do this, it is kind of for work and everything. But he had a wife and at least one kid. Yeah. Um, do you think that's at all selfish? Because he did leave them for you know, a long but time. But I, I think that... I, I think that... It's sort of a... By then, he was established. Mm -hmm. I think there was a selfishness to it, but he was established as a person, as Mm -hmm. a writer. Um, And knew he was getting something out of this Mm -hmm. for writing. So this was... There was a work thing. Yeah. And by then, when you're 20 years deep into a career like this, I think you and your spouse have... Reach, you reach understandings about the rhythms of things. Mm-hmm. So I think it didn't, it wasn't as, um, it was, it was, I think, maybe on, from objectively speaking, it is a little selfish, mm-hmm. but I think within, within their unit, yeah. it was not, um, you know. And then you do wonder, and this is just the typical, um, <laughs> the typical uh, marriage joke of like, yeah, you get to, be rid of you for a little while so. yeah. on either side <laughs> in a funny way in a yeah. funny way and not that they don't like each other but it is there is a, no you know you you there is something to be said about the fact that you know you do have a little bit of independence and in like your your partner is yeah and he didn't do it i don't think his child was an infant because i think that would be like really bad yeah to like leave your spouse or yeah. your partner and with a small small child yeah um and, and some of them I mean, you might need to. Like, if Cheryl were... Well, she was in a partnership that divorce had just finalized. But I, if she hadn't gone on that trip, I don't think she would be, you know, as steady as she is now and, and found a lasting relationship. So... I wonder if she would be alive. That's... Yeah. I mean, she's getting to some dangerous stuff for sure, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I know that she would... She was... If she would have relapsed or something... Mm-hmm. That that's that was a question that I that I, I didn't really think we talked about it on the on the episode that we did, mm-hmm. and I don't think I wouldn't I don't know if she's the dramatic type of person to say like this this trip saved my life sure, but I think on some level you can see that it did sure, yeah so yep, and I think you know going back to your comment that you're right just like the partnership knowing your partner because mm-hmm. I think. Hopefully they would encourage you and be like, this would be good for you and everything. Yeah. Um, and was Bill, do you think he was the only one of means, like with the... 
or stability that we had? I think, um, yeah. Lindsay seemed like paycheck to paycheck until she, she got her grants. Yeah, until stuff. she got her grants. Yeah. Jack hit was young enough that he might have had enough money to just go ahead and just do this. Mm-hmm. So um, I think he quit his job and just did like you know. So yeah. I think I think it was a calculated mm-hmm. thing. But I and I get you get the feeling that you know what's the possibility that like you know he gets back from into New York or wherever he was living at the time and either he's either able to pick up where he left off or he can call his parents for some help and then you know yeah so I, I wonder if I don't I don't know much of his background so mm-hmm. it's like I don't and you don't necessarily have to come from means you can be very middle class sure. in your 20s and your parents yeah. will be like oh yeah you can to get back on your feet or whatever you know because there is a it's like a stupid little adventure you can do in your 20s mm-hmm. there's something acceptable about that as opposed to you know taking off in your 30s and 40s when you have those responsibilities and I think I think that's just a stereotypical way we view yeah. those ages but yeah, I think the Ryzen was the only one of, of stable means mm-hmm. um, Dario didn't leave anything to do like no. she, she repeatedly left because that was her that was her lifestyle yeah. but, you know the, the job didn't necessarily provide mm-hmm. you know the that, that's the one that's not like the other three, yeah. right? As far as like, you know, the I didn't put my life in hold to go. Right. Um, this is my life. Yeah. So here's my life. So. Yeah, there does seem to be more judgment. You know, there's less judgment when students like pre-college or post-college do their kind of walkabouts. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but I think there is more judgment when someone is more established with something. Is that mm-hmm. sort of the whole so your Wild Oats yeah. thing? Do you feel like... Any of these people were sowing their wild oats? Um, hit to a certain extent, I think was. I think Cheryl Wild, Cheryl, Cheryl Wild, Cheryl Street. Cheryl Wild. I think she was like recovering from it. I think she had done a lot of sewing. Yeah. And I think she was in the last stages of that. Yeah. This had more purpose than that. Yeah, Bryson, I think, was... I want to say Bill Bryson was going through a midlife crisis mm. as well. I mean, it, it was part of the book and it was the whole thing, but there's a midlife crisis aspect to that, mm-hmm. which is... Um, which tracks. I mean, like, you know, so it's a sense of adventure in that age. So it's reclaiming something, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think it's, it's a little bit of that. Um, all of these were nonfiction. Yeah. Would you read a work of fiction that involves somebody on a journey like this? I know I have read at least yeah. one. I think The Grapes of Wrath counts. The Grapes of Wrath counts, I think. Yeah, so, you know, it's, 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 yeah. it's mostly by Carr. The Road, yeah. which is post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Um, but I think, I don't know. To me, I'm like, I, I think that um, those are definitely would read fictional works about this, but we'd have a whole different set of questions. Now we would. Yeah, I was going to say, like, our perspective, I think, has changed and how we would look at it would change. Yeah, for sure. Or even just seeing a film and and what that is like. Yeah, yeah. So, well, cool. I don't know if I have much. These are always shorter episodes anyway. They are, yeah. And then we've got about six minutes or so of of audio from the mountain we can can throw in there. Um, Yeah. No, it's been fun. This was a nice little arc that we inadvertently happened upon. Yeah. 
That was nice. And, uh, yeah, because I think it was by the, maybe the second, after the second book, we were like, let's yeah. just do two more since <laughs> we're so close to seven. Yeah. Yeah, that was so, really okay. cool. And yeah. then um, and then we don't have a, uh, if we have any feedback that's in, I'm going to save it for next episode. That's fine, yeah. And, uh, and next episode is, we're back to our regular thing, and it's October, so we're going to go back into horror. So we're going to leave the woods. Yeah. Well... I don't know if there are woods. It's certainly the back of somebody's property. Yeah, yeah. There's Indian burial grounds in this one. Um, The book for next episode is going to be Pet Cemetery by Stephen King. I'll be sticking that in my freezer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like jelly, even though that was the shining. That was the shining, but yeah. Yeah. All right. So, well, thank you. Absolutely. And if you decide to go on a hike with someone that you've never hiked before, be sure that you can throw them over your shoulder in case anything happens to them. So Tom and I tested this out and I was able to fling them over just fine. Oh yeah. That's like I told you. <laughs> Stella is intimidating. Uh, I... Did a couple of squats. I'm like, okay, if anything yeah. happens, I got Tom. Lift with the uh, legs, people. Yes. Lift with the legs. All right. Bye. Goodbye. Now, before I go, You heard me in that segment mention Peter Jenkins' book, A Walk Across America, and how I am covering that on Pop Culture Affidavit. And I am. Um, I said in the moment as I was uh, recording that episode with Stella that I was going to be releasing it this week concurrently with this episode. Unfortunately, I got a little behind schedule, so it's actually going to be out on October, on or around October 4th, so the first week of October. So if you want to hear me talk about A Walk Across America, uh, its sequel or companion book, a walk, The Walk West, A Walk Across America 2, and then uh, Peter and, and Barbara Jenkins' son, Jedediah's book, To Shake the Sleeping Self, uh, come go listen to episode 137 of Pop Culture Affidavit. That'll be out in October uh, of 2022. And... Once again, come back next time for Pet Cemetery by Stephen King. That'll be in episode 71. Uh, and I, I always like, to, of course, have to thank Stella for coming along with me. We, we came up with this idea to go live on a hike, and we, we planned it out, and I'm glad we were able to get it in. It was a really beautiful day, and we had a lot of fun, and um, we genuinely enjoyed it, and we do genuinely enjoy each other's company. So you'll hear us back in a month for that. And until then, uh, feel free to write in, let us know what you think thought, retweet, share, leave reviews, and all that wonderful stuff. And as always, thank you very much for listening, and take care. But never, 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 I never want Thanks for listening to Required Reading with Tom and Stella, which is brought to you by two true That's two true if you're interested in learning more about the books we've read or want to comment on the episode, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash required reading with Tom and Stella. If you would like to email us to comment on the episode or continue our discussion, you can reach us at requiredreadingcast at gmail.com. We will read every email we get on future episodes. We're looking for more visibility, so if you liked this episode or the show in general, why not leave us a review on iTunes? Thanks again for listening and come back next month for our next episode. Never, 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 never.